What a beautiful day. This is September 15th, 2023, and what a day the Lord has made. It's a beautiful one here in the neighborhood, and we are going to be excited about what God is doing. This is the day that the Lord has made. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever trial, whatever temptation, whatever's coming at you, sickness, doctor report, whatever it may be, I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you today that God is more than enough. Jesus is fighting for you and not against you. His blood is enough. His grace is sufficient. His power is unparalleled. And he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I just want to give God praise for all, um, just who he is. I don't even want to say what he's doing. I want to give God praise for who he is and how great and loving and merciful he is. He's such a mighty God. Amen. Well, this is, again, September 15th. We're already halfway through September, which means that we are pushing our way along to our share coming up at the end of the month. It's going to be awesome. Three days full of the power of God through great men and women of God here um, helping us raise funds for uh, Box 2 Radio Network. But, but, but more than that, it's really going to be just three days of great, great um, conversation, revelation, strong words coming out, awesome testimonies, and um, we're just really excited for those three days. Again, that's a September 20, let's see here. I want to make sure I get this right. September 27th, 28th, and 29th is going to be our share We're just a couple of weeks away. And then also, I want to get this event out before Hannah does her other events. Um, we have the Ref River Youth Ranch Chili Cook-Off. It's going to be October 28th. I want you all to go ahead and start getting that in there, too. That's that's an awesome event. That's so much fun. There's games. There's auction. Um, there's a there's a chili contest, so we we want to we want you to put your chili in it. We want you to make the best chili you got, and go up against the other best chilies. And we have judges there, and we do a chili cook-off. So it's literally a competition, and you get to compete with each other in a very godly, loving, edificational <laughs> way. Uh, there's do we know what time it it's starting this? Uh, time? Yeah, it starts. Everything starts at five. Okay. Um, and so that's going to be an amazing night. The food starts at five. Auction starts at 6. It is always a blast. There's things for the kids to do. There's things for the whole family to do. And it's just going to be a really, really great day. So you need to go and put that in your calendar as well. So, again, September 27th, 28th, and 29th is the fall share and it's called Gathering the Harvest. And then October 28th is the Ref River. It's the annual Ref River Youth Ranch Chili Cook-Off. And I'm telling you what. Both events are going to be amazing. The the thon it's going to be absolutely amazing. I know it. I know it. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, I just feel the spirit of God around that event, not just to raise money, but just to – they're always powerful. Um, when you get that many men and women of God that's chasing after the presence and chasing after the Father, um, get them together and start come up talking and communion and um, – you know, I know we raise money. It's it is you know this radio station is funded by listener supported, so we we understand that. But the three days there is just absolutely, it's a it's a shot in the arm. So I love it, and uh, I can't wait. Just two weeks away from that, really, and so uh, this year has flown by without without a doubt. It's flown by. Mm-hmm. And so, but God's so good. We're hearing testimony after testimony still. 
And we are just buckling in and saying yes and amen. All right, Hattie, you want to take us on the rest of the ones? Yeah. Um, so, again, I just before I get into the events coming up, I just want to let everybody know that all the four nights of the Harvest Crusade are posted on our app. And they're also on the Bethel um, FMI website. Um, so make sure you go back and listen to that. Um, there was some very good um, prophetic word and teaching and preaching. Um, and honestly, very good messages for um, for both the unbeliever and the backslider and Christian. It was just, it covered all the bases. So make sure you share that um, if someone wasn't able to make it. I know there's been a lot of people asking about it. Um, but make sure you share that if someone wasn't able to make it and have been asking about these services. Um, so that's on our website, church website, and that's also on our app. Um, and then you should be able to go on our Facebook as well and share a link there with people. Go to that link. Um, but we also, next, the first event we have coming up, um, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything yet from last night, but last night would have been the first night of the um, of the Setting the Captives Free Camp meeting with Pastor Dwayne Kidd. Um, and then again, they're meeting today and tomorrow night as well um, at 6 p.m., I believe. Um, and so believing great things from that. I'm going to be in prayer for them there, uh, believing that God's going to do great things. Um, and again, that that is tonight and tomorrow night as well. Um, let's see. Yes, 6 p.m. nightly. So um, make sure if you're in the Horse uh, horse Cave, Kentucky area, that'll be uh, at the Burley Barn um, on South Jackson Highway um, in Horse Cave, Kentucky. So make sure you make your way out to that tonight and tomorrow. Um, and then, again, Wilson Home should be, uh, they've been having their uh, I'm, they've been calling it awakening services. So under the tent, um, Fresh Fire Ministries, um, Saturdays at 6.30 and Sundays at 11 a.m. So I'm super excited to see what the Lord keeps doing there. Um, and that's on Highway 54 by the cars with on the pole. If you just drive on Highway 54, um, as you're going towards, you'd be going towards, honestly, like the... Caneyville area um but you don't it's still in Litchfield so it's, it's not very far out on highway 54 um but it has those uh, cars on the pole and you really can't miss it it's just a big a big tent um and so that's Saturdays at 6 30 Sundays at 11 a.m um and then the young adult group here um at Bethel is going to be Monday this upcoming Monday at 6 30 um Make sure you all come out to that. Um, and then also, the we talked about the share but again, remember those dates. It's September 27th, 28th, and 29th. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 a.m. So make sure you get that on your calendars. Um, we're going to have constant radio. Um, we will have some breaks from here and there. Um small ones but I mean it's pretty constant pretty constant all day um and then also we have the shepherd's house 
Africa missions. Um, it's for food, clothing items, all of those things. Um, a bake sale fundraiser. Um, and also there's, I believe, sandwiches and different food items. But I know there's going to be a bake sale. Um, that is September 30th um, at Glasgow, in Glasgow, Kentucky. And that will start at 8 a.m. Josh Newton said, 54 going towards Short Creek. So, um, if that helps anybody with the direction of where this tent is. But once you actually, once you pass it, you're like, oh, I've seen those cars on the pole. It's the cars on the pole that are hard to miss on there. On your, if you're coming from uh, Litchfield, it'll be on your right. Um, thank you, Josh Newton. Um, where was I at here? Yes, so the Shepherd's House fundraiser, um, and that, again, will start at 8 a.m., and that is um, on Rogers Wells Boulevard in Glasgow, Kentucky, right there by the Houchins in Glasgow. So if anyone um, lives out close to that area or anything like that, um, or you just have been wanting to give towards a missions um, funding, that's a great way to get out there and show your support and um, sow your seed into uh, missions program so uh, then we have there's the Christian Motorcycle Association um, diaper run is what they call it fundraiser and that will be in Elizabethtown Kentucky um, on Saturday September 30th as well but that um, the festivities should be starting at 1130 Eastern time um, and it says that that is again in Elizabethtown, and it's put on by the Christian Motorcycle Association, Heavenly Saints, um, and Bikers for Christ. And they're raising money for Clarity Solutions, and they donations for diapers, wipes, or cash is much appreciated. Um, and again, that'll be by, I believe, it says Stapes, but I think it means Staples in Elizabethtown. So... Um, again, that'll start at 1130 a.m. So, I, and then we talked about the chili cook-off already. Again, that's October 28th. Um, food will start at 5 and the auction will start at 6. So, make sure you make it out to that. It's, it's always been a really fun event, um, fun for the whole family. So, I think that's all the announcements we have for today. The weather looks pretty nice today. It felt good out there. I think we have a high of 78 today. Yep. I, I think it's, so. it's going to be a beautiful day. And so it's a beautiful day outside right now. And <clears throat> we're going to keep um, praising God for the beautiful weather, the amazing outpouring, and just who he is. So Second mm-hmm. Peter chapter 1, we've been doing that as our Bible study this week, and we got to it one day. Um, but we're going to get to it again today. And then remember, next Monday we begin the book of Hebrews. Now, I do want to say this. After the share the next week, the radio station will not be in. So we will have some pre-recorded stuff the week following the share um, But if anybody's ever listened to the sermons that we usually have airing afterwards, um, you know, there's there's those that have. There, some of them will come from, you know, once preached here at Bethel. We may throw a couple of the sermons from the crusade in there. We do a lot of the older sermons, too, from people that maybe not even live anymore, but we have their records of their sermon. Um, we throw a Brother Ron sermon or two in there. And so we just try to do a mixture of sermons to edify the body and to still get you all some word out there. Amen. 
So it's it's always um, it's always good when the team can take a little bit of a rest and enjoy some things. So uh, Miss uh, Pastor Doing Kids giving us a uh, testimony last night was awesome. About 120 in attendance. Altar was jam packed for healing and deliverance. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. That's what that's what God's doing right now. Amen. Is He's just pouring out His Spirit. All right, Second Peter chapter one. We talked the other day about um, how he was a servant before he was an apostle, and then he was talking about them who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So he's now now this is what he does in the salutations a lot, and the salutation is uh it's it's. Um, a welcoming. It's a greeting. That's what a salutation means. If you ever hear anybody teaching the word and they say the salutation means this just means a greeting. Mm -hmm. And he does this greeting quite a bit called grace and peace. Now I love this because it's actually, uh, he's talking about, Hey, I want unmerited favor and I want you to be at peace. But really too, I think if you were living during this time period and you are a Jew, the peace would hit you. And if you were a Greek or a Gentile, the the grace would hit you. And why do you why do we you say that, Aaron? Um, well, the Jews were waiting for peace because they were living in oppression. They were living in turmoil. They were waiting for the Messiah King. They were waiting to get out of depression, oppression. They were waiting all this. And peace is actually a very Jewish concept. There's a word in the Jewish um, vocabulary. And that it is shalom. Now, shalom does not mean peace out, let everything be really cool. Shalom means let your total life be at rest, at peace. Let everything be at perfect harmony. Because, see, that's where the kingdom of God wants to actually take you, is to where you're not in toil. You're not in striving. You're, now, there is a pressing forward towards the mark. There is growing. There is stretching. There's all these things. But to live in constant fear, to live in constant anxiety, to live in constant what ifs, or always striving to do better, or striving to be better, or, or striving to make this happen, turmoil is is really the opposition of peace. Mm -hmm. And the Jews understood what it was to try to live at shalom, perfect harmony, perfect peace. The closest we've ever seen, well, actually, it wasn't close, it was Perfect harmony was in the garden prior to the fall. There was peace. He had created everything to work in perfect harmony. Uh, man and woman were one together. Um, the animals were in submission. The grass and the fields yielded its own member. I mean, yielded its own harvest. Uh, it was the Lord would come down and walk with Adam. Like we can go on and on about the harmony and the peace and the shalom that was there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that Peter here is, he's saying peace to the Jews because they would have understood that in a way. But then he was also telling the Gentiles, hey, you're grafting in. You're coming in. It's grace. It's stuff that you could not earn. It's favor you could not obtain because of your own works and your own actions. But I brought you in. It is grace. And I think it's just a beautiful picture. And just how um, I do not want to word, use the word inclusive in the sense of that. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's. Yeah. He's he's wording it to the both in this salutation. 
because he's saying again to them that have obtained like precious faith with faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Now he's saying not only are they going to do that, they're being multiplied um, to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more we get to know him, the more we get to know about him, the more we learn who he is, his character, the more we learn his his thoughts and his actions and his behavior and his responses, then grace and peace will be multiplied more to you. Why? Well, you can't learn to know him more and not be at more peace. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's impossible. Because his character produces peace. You can't get into him more and partake of his flesh and drink of his blood, as he said in John chapter 6, which is not a weird thing. He's basically saying, drink of my salvation and let my f- flesh that's broken for you heal you. Let it redeem you. Let it let it make you new. If you partake of that, then you can be a partaker of me. So he's saying, if your sins are washed, if you've been made new, then you can become a partaker of me. And he's telling us here, the more we partake of him, the more grace and peace is a result of the partaking of him. And so I think it's just a reciprocal cycle that you cannot chase him, you cannot seek him, you cannot pursue him, and then fail to be changed. Hmm. If you're seeking him, if you're pursuing him, then a natural consequence of that seeking is peace and grace. I want to talk about grace for a minute. Okay. So, or I just want to ask a question to think about. So the closer that you are to the Lord and the more favor that you have with the Lord, like, you know, the word says that David was a man after God's own heart. So he was obviously close to the Lord. I mean, he was not perfect. Sure. Like he made a lot of mistakes, but he was seeking like to be so close to the Lord. Um, so with like how it says, may grace be multiplied to you. Do you think even because he made mistakes that a lot of other Christians make, but I think the heart, the, the position of his heart was in a different place. Like he was seeking to be close to the father, mm-hmm. um, despite all the things he was doing because sin normally separates us. And I know that he still had consequences for his sin, but because he, he always lived a life of repentance. Do you think that that, that he received more grace in that? Or that grace was multiplied for someone who is um, seeking the Lord in a deeper way and more intimately than someone who's just going through the motions yeah. and, and committing the same sins. I think it's, I, I do want to, I think it is necessary to say this about this, is that we can't earn grace because grace is unearned favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can inherit grace. And what I mean by that is that the closer we walk to him, the more grace we do receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what, because he obviously didn't earn it because his actions, yep. there's no way he could have had grace without without the Lord because of what he had done. But just the fact that he was a son mm-hmm. and he was um, really just abiding in the Lord. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the kind of word I would start to use in those who abide. Those who stay in him, those who, mm-hmm. those who set up camp in him, yeah. a natural byproduct of that is grace being multiplied because, yeah. and it's not, you're sitting there earning it. No. 
you're sitting there almost in like I was saying, you're inheriting it mm-hmm. just because he is the he is the vine. Mm-hmm. We are the branch. And when the branch is plugged into the vine, the branch is doing nothing other than being plugged in. Yeah. Well, like, that's what like I think people struggle with David. I've heard people struggle with him like Christians like, sure. well, he did this and he did that. Like focus so much on all that he did wrong. Mm hmm. And had a hard has a hard time seeing. Okay, well, he did all these terrible things, but yet he was still so close to the Lord. Not no. while he was doing those things. I'm sure he, while he was committing the sins, I'm sure he felt really, really far away from the Lord. But sure, the well, there, thing it's a lifestyle of repentance. Yeah, there's a there was consequences of his sin, uh, but the thing like David's sin was much worse than Saul's sin, in reality. Yeah. Because Saul just numbered the people, basically. You know, Saul just counted. And he started, He well, I'm sorry, he didn't number. He 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 took, the sin that really got him in trouble was he was he was starting to just take spoils. And he, mm-hmm. he was fooling around with some numbering. So, but, but, you know, he was just taking spoils. And that's really what he was going after, stuff he wasn't necessarily supposed to. His motivation was different. But his response to the rebuke from the prophet was different mm-hmm. because Saul's response was, well, make me right in front of the people, you know, and David's response was make me right before God. Mm-hmm. Saul's response was don't take the favor of the people off of me. David's response was do not take thy spirit from me. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the dichotomy between people that was, I, I mean, between David and Saul, that it was a separator was that David was, David was obsessed with staying in the presence of God, even mm-hmm. through his failures. Saul was obsessed with staying in the favor of men. I just really, I think of that in this verse when it says grace will be multiplied because we have two people right there. I just see not because David earned more grace, but I see more grace being multiplied with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, the more we stay in him and the more we live a life of repentance, the more we're willing to change because really grace if it's multiplied through the knowledge of him, well, repentance is changing the thought process. And so the more this thing begins to change, the more grace is applied to our life and the more it's multiplied because repentance does produce this inheritance. Um, and what I mean, I could even go a little step farther if we go back to the prodigal son, that the inheritance he originally had weren't ran out. Then he got in there he repented. He came home. And then when he came home, he received more. He received more grace by just coming home. He didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like people say, well, he worked. He went home. He did not do anything. He was going home to to try to earn, work and try to earn the father's. Um, but it was as soon as he came home. Just as soon as he came home. Because it's it's the religion tells you and religion will always tell you to earn it. Mm-hmm. Religion always says work harder. Religion always says this, but the kingdom of God, the Father, the gospel, they say it says he's already earned it. That's grace. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty, that's the good news of the gospel is that we're not trying to earn something that's already been earned. Yeah. And so we just receive the free gift of salvation. Now, the gift of salvation is free for us, but it wasn't a free gift because it cost Christ everything. And that's why we do want to work for the Lord and mm. 
do anything that we do for the Lord is because we didn't deserve yes. what we have. Yep. But we didn't work to be saved. No. And we're not going to work to stay saved. We stay saved by his blood. We're saved by his blood. We're kept by his spirit. His Holy Spirit is the seal of the, unto the day of redemption. And so now if now the work of apostasy for me is I do believe in apostasy. Um, I, I do think, and I'm, I'm pretty vocal about this, and some people push back. It's okay. Um, we still love each other, hopefully. Um, I love you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think apostasy is real, but I think apostasy is pretty rare. Like, I don't think it happens, like, every second of every day. But I think apostasy is where you utterly reject the faith that you once cling to. And I do not think it's just because you doubt or you don't have faith or you're struggling because, well, Peter had faith. Peter had a struggle. He did, he literally denied Christ, like right there, three times. Yet Christ said, make sure Peter's with you. You know, so I don't think it's just because you have a bad day or just because you're going through a situation or just because there's something hard presenting itself before you. I think you utterly reject the faith. Uh, for instance, I won't call out names. I, I usually try not to be a name caller too much, but there's a, preacher that I knew, he wrote a book, um, and I, if I saw the book, then everybody know the name anyway, so I won't write the book, but it was a really popular book. It was a great book for um, a, for what it was written to. It was great, but this preacher was, especially in the reform circles, one of the f- up-and-coming next um, voices. I, I, don't, I don't use the word superstar by no means, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like coming up, like John Piper... R.C. Spro, John McCarr, all those in that circle. They're the voices of the generation. This guy was on his way to be a voice. And he was he was going to be a voice like with that much um, weight. Um, and then a few years ago, he took the book off the shelf. And then now he basically utters, utterly rejects the faith. He, re- I mean, he's pretty much rejected Christ completely. And the gospel. To me, that would be apostasy. Like, it's not he had a bad day. Like Peter struggled. Peter had a Peter was fearful at that moment. And Peter he he botched it really bad. But Peter came out of it. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence or fruit this guy's coming out of it. And he's utterly rejecting the faith. It's not that he slipped up and sinned. It's not that he had a struggle. It's not that he did a stronghold. It's not that he had a he fell into something it's that he literally rejects it he utterly rejects it like everything in his body now rejects the faith and to me that would be apostasy that's to me so um which you know it's <clears throat> gosh my throat's killing me dry in here um he needs some of that living water <laughs> lord send the rain <laughs> and so but you know um but we don't stay saved by our works we're not saved by our works when we're not saying you're earning grace by your works we're inheriting grace by our mind being changed by our hearts being changed by us being willing to submit us being willing to repent and See, i think that's what it's saying here i saw someone post um that that it's a common it's a very popular like uh what would you call those not really a meme, but something that goes around on Facebook, you know. It's a very popular phrase that people share. But it's basically saying, like, I'm a sinner. I don't... 
I'm not <laughs> here to, uh, it's, or I'm just going to read it, but it's, it's basically that I am a sinner. Like it's saying I am a sinner. I don't want to appear to be, okay. I don't want to appear to be a perfect Christian because I'm a sinner and that's why I need Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's why you needed Jesus though. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what bothers me about that. Um, and I, I do, don't want to like single anyone out or anything like that because I've seen a bunch of people share it. And I'm sure it sounds good if you're just reading it. But once you really start to think about it, because I never really used to question that. I was like, oh, yeah, we need Jesus. We don't want to. I don't want to be judgmental. Like I have read that over and over and I'm like never had a thought about it. But now I'm starting to think about it like we aren't sinners anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's not our identity anymore. We're yeah. not a sinner. When we we did need Jesus like that, and we still need him every day, but we were sinners, but now we have a new heart. Now we're a new transformation, or a new, um, we've been transformed. Yeah, we're a new creation. Um, and, you know, I think what it really is, is the enemy wants to, all right, so for a long time, self-righteousness and hip, hypocrisy is, um, you know, it, it has something been the church to struggle with, like it is, and it's self-righteousness. And, but at the end of the day, I think this is where we humble ourselves, and we tell people like, you know, it's not I who live, it's Christ in me now. And so if there's anything good in me, it's Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we don't go around tooting our own horn. We don't do this, but also we've got to stop coming into agreement to try to live at everybody else's level. Yeah. And there is, and there should be a distinctive difference between a believer and an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's not, there is a problem. Yeah. Because the Bible talks about us being pilgrims. The Bible talks about us being sojourners. The Bible says, this is not my home. And there should we should be a peculiar people. Now, unfortunately, we made that peculiar people like weirdness and flakiness. And that's not what that scripture is talking about. Mm-hmm. It's saying that we should like... Peter, John, James, all them. It wasn't that they were weird, like in the sense of, you know, f- you know, doing like just a bunch of weird things. It was that they had such a difference about them, radiating with the glory of God. I mean, they were walking into the street and people were touching Paul's clothing and it was getting them healed. Mm-hmm. Like Peter walked into the street and the, or the, the, the shadow, which basically saying, his presence being there was so full of the presence of God that people were literally getting healed just being around Peter. Mm. That's where we're called to live. But the enemy has convinced us that we are hopeless, that we are helpless, that we are sinners, that we will never obtain it. Why? Because he actually wants to keep us under the roof. Because he's actually scared of what would happen. And so he wants us convinced that we can't. Like, he wants us so convinced that we're just going to continue in sin and we'll never beat this fight of sin. We'll actually never pursue the glory of God that we're called to, call, to pursue. Yeah. Like, in, in, I want to say this very cautiously because um, sin has never been more real to me than it is right now. Yeah. Like, yesterday, uh, you know, it's everything I say, everything I do it has more weight to me than it's ever had just because of what we're walking in right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that I'm not, not thinking about it because actually sin has more weight, but I'm not living my life to try not to sin. Mm -hmm. I'm living my life to get into the glory. 
Yeah. And I want to stay there. And whatever it costs, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, I want to have a yes in me that resounds bright. Mm-hmm. It's like we got everything backwards because it's the same thing with like what we talked about, not earning the grace, but but um, working and unto the Lord because we have the grace. It's the same thing with the sin. Like we're not, we don't need to be seeking sin above seeking the glory, but when we seek the glory, we actually pay more attention to not be sinning we, yeah. just like what you just said yeah. it's like we just have we need to flip it yeah i think the church has just flipped it well religion religion all right so i'll say this statement we'll do our our trivia question get brother gerald in here too um religion wants us to focus on sin the kingdom wants us to focus on christ mm-hmm. and i think that's the difference religion has us all focused on sin but when you're in the glory and the Holy Spirit is in you, he will conform you into the sun. He will reveal the sun. He will highlight the sun. And so. But focusing on Christ, I just want to say this because I know how the enemy works. I know how the enemy lies. Focusing on Christ does not mean we can keep on sinning and feel fine about it. Yes. Because when we focus on Christ, we'll actually start to have more conviction over things. Oh, yes. I've, I mean, there was something yesterday that. of the people I know would never even feel convicted over it because it wasn't like (laughs) there was nothing like openly sinful about it, but it hurt my heart. And, and, um, you know, I never want, I know we said this before, but I never want this dove to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, um, I, I think for the first time, like, um, pastor Todd Smith has said this so much. And, um, even yesterday, um, he was texting me and, you know, it was like, he, I love how he says this. He says, um, oh, how did he tell me this yesterday morning when he texted me? It was, it was just meaningful to me. Uh, stay dead and live broken. Mm-hmm. Stay dead and live broken. And he says this a lot too. Walk gently. Walk gently. And I, f- I probably feel those words more than I've ever felt in my life. Because I just want to walk gently. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm living there. Stuff that, st- I'll be honest with you, stuff that three weeks ago wouldn't have bothered me is now bothering me. And it's not because it's openly sinful. Yeah. It's not like you're cussing somebody out or you're flying the no, finger. No, it's in the, just things, words and. I don't want anything that's not him. Postures of the heart, things that we say. There's so many things we say or have just said our whole life and we don't realize the weight of it yes of what we say and and it's not because i'm focusing on how do i conquer sin in my life Mm-mm. it's a result of being in the glory yeah and if we get in the glory nothing stands in no it. nothing will because he refuses to share his glory with any other so amen all right friday question number one sponsored by the sicilian bank what did moses claim about himself when god spoke to him in median what did Moses claim about himself when God spoke to him in Median? We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Alrighty, we are back here on this beautiful morning. Friday, question number one, still don't have an answer. What did Moses claim about himself when God spoke to Median? 270-257-2689. What did Moses claim about himself when God spoke to him in Median? Median. Amen. Hannah? 
I got a memory verse of the day for you. Oh, yeah. Um, So today's verse is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And um, I'm going to read out of the NLT because it's easy to read for me. All right. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Amen. Man, man, man. Amen. And, and I love verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. And I said, as far as alcohol is concerned, uh, I heard Brother David Wilkerson say one time, he said, I, I'm hid so far back in God, the devil can't find me to tempt me <laughs> and uh as far as that was good wasn't it and as far as alcohol is concerned uh that i, I really feel like that is with me yeah. i'm hit so far back in god that satan and any, any with it. cannot tempt me with alcohol i never have a temptation for alcohol he tried to get me to kill myself satan couldn't kill me so he tried to get me to get drunk kill myself and uh, he he used that forbidden fruit to send me to hell or trying to. Yeah. And I just say he'll never get the pleasure of ever seeing me touch a drop of alcohol as long as I live. You know, Amen. I mean, I, I mean awesome. he can't tempt me. He's so far back in God that the devil can't even find me to tempt me as far as alcohol is concerned. So Man. praise the Lord. I and love I love that. that next part. And when Christ, who is your, your life, life, yes, is revealed. Amen. The whole to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, uh, as Dwayne Kidd, he got the answer right. Slow of speech, slow of tongue, had trouble speaking. <laughs> Exodus four ten. So awesome, awesome, awesome. At first, oh. I thought you meant uh, Brother Dwayne. You said got it was mm-hmm. having trouble speaking. <laughs> no, no, he no. That's what Moses said. I no. can't speak. No, yeah. he, he's doing fine job speaking. Yeah. So. I, I identify real good with Moses. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am not a, a speaker or a preacher or I don't know. It just, well, Hannah says that's why people like me. It's because I identify <laughs> with Moses. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, but you gave a good testimony about how you used to like not want to. It reminded me of Moses, what you said. Oh, you said you gosh. used to hate it, hate public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do it. fumble and stuff. I right. still fumble. Um, now just don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably don't fumble as much. I mean, you get through a lot of word in one hour. So. Amen. Oh, Amen. my. I don't yeah. know. I was telling them the other day, we were, uh, me and Heather and Josh and Katie was out. And I was telling them, I said, I don't know how to slow down speaking. Like, if I try to slow down speaking, I feel like I'm just barely talking, and I feel like I'm going to bore people to death, and so I just had to get comfortable with the fact that I know I talk fast. Maybe it bores yourself to death. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is. There's just so many things going on up here, and that's not meaning I'm smart. It just means, like, uh, I'll be thinking about one thing. Like, one day, people think I'm lying about this, but it really is basically that. This is basically how it happened. I was walking from the school over to the radio station and realized just how bad the rock wall was out there. So literally in the middle of walking, just normally, it was a routine walk from the radio station in the school, I got a hammer and started tearing down a wall. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's what it's like for me. There was no plan for it. There was no, Amen. I'm going to go, I'm going to plan the day to go tear down a wall. I just started taking down stones. 
And then mm-hmm. I didn't stop. Then I Very went and got little. the tractor and took down more stones. Very and then I took the tractor and just bulldozed the whole thing over. <laughs> and it was literally because I was walking from the school to the radio. That's how my brain works. Huh? Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. Hope baby. you don't find something wrong with your truck. <laughs> 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 don't put it past me. Don't put it past me. Um, Praise the Lord. And so, like, sometimes I'll be, like, I'll get myself into a big old thing and somebody will say, what are you doing? I said, I don't even know how I got here. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm just doing it. And so that's the scary part about my brain. Um, uh, yeah, what you were talking about before you went uh, on the break about the sinning, you know, that's why I, I tell people, you know, when I was a sinner, like Miss Hannah was talking about a while ago, we used to be sinners, but we're not sinners anymore. And that's the thing. I used to sin on purpose. I, I did it on purpose. But now, if I do, it is definitely not on purpose. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, live clean as we can. John 16, verse 8, that, uh, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And I want to be so full of him. Yeah. That Amen. old dirty sin can't yeah. touch me. It's not that I just don't want to do sin. I want to be like Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I want to yeah. be full of Jesus. Right. And you know what? I really don't think about sinning because I'm trying so hard to be this like Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. as I can. I mean, really, do you think yeah. about His sinning? Glory. Yeah. I mean, you just think about him and being full of him and loving him. And everywhere you go, everything that you think about, just, it's yeah. all about Jesus. And yeah. well, I, mean, you know I, I think that's uh, joy comes into play there. Because like if we, just like Colossians is saying, if we set our sight on things above, right, then we're going to... When we're thinking about sin all day, you can't be in a good mood. No, you if can't, you're thinking you about can't. sin all the time, I do not see how you could be in a good mood. No, honestly. you could. Yeah, you can't yeah. be. You definitely don't have the joy of the Lord. That's for sure. I was thinking as I was listening to you guys before we came on the air, you're talking about earning grace, and Aaron, you hit it right on the head. I was out there thinking, you know, the way we gain grace is when you desire to give up something that you need to give up and you ask God to help you, he'll give you the grace to do it. Amen. And you hit Amen. that right on. I, I was going to say that, but you hit it right on the head because that's Amen. what happens. That's how you gain more grace. Amen. And the more we want to give up and are true about it, mm-hmm. he'll give us the grace to do it yeah. and the strength Amen. to do it too. Yeah. yeah. He, he is so much, so many times referred to as our helper yes. and our empower and yes. our... And really giving us the grace. When we say his grace is sufficient, it's basically saying he's there with us. He's going to give us the ability. He's going to give us the favor. He's going to give us the peace. He's going to give us the mercy. And what you were talking about right there, Brother Gerald, is even that. Like when I, And this isn't like to make other people feel bad. This is saying right. like I'm just now really starting to walk in this. Like I'm just being very honest with you. Like mm-hmm. I've been doing this thing for a long time. And right. my even now my whole thought process of life is changing at this moment. Like these last this last month and especially these last two weeks everything about my thought process is changing and god's stretching me because you know he's used to like you know when i walk into a room now even at a restaurant anything i'm my heart's constantly searching amen i just want to i'm constantly i I don't want to miss somebody else I shared something on my Facebook, and I, I'm not very active on Facebook. I get it. Like, I really am not. Maybe I should be more, but I'm not. Um, right. But I shared a video I watched about a guy getting his hair cut, and you just need to go watch it. But he was talking about a Julie, and I was talking, God, forgive me for every Julie that I just passed by. 
Mm-hmm. I, forgive me. And I don't mean to keep bringing up the same uh, like stories, but like I don't do this every time I sit down. I really don't. Uh, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will prick me with a server or a waitress or something like this. And I'll just be like, you know, can I pray for you anything? And there's almost always a conversation that starts for it. Amen. And like the other day I was somewhere and I asked the waitress and and you could tell she was fighting back tears the first time, but the second time she couldn't fight back tears when she came back to me. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the struggles and what she's been going through. Amen. And we were able to witness to her, to minister to her. Amen. And it's just how many people are we passing by every single day that's broken, mm-hmm. that's hopeless, right. that's in that's in uh, bondage, they're mm-hmm. being tortured, right. they're anxious, all these things that could be happening. And we're so busy trying to figure out what we're going to order that we're totally neglectful of everything mm-hmm. going on around us. And that's not a condemnation. Like, I'm saying I'm just now really starting to walk in this thing where mm-hmm. I can – I want to walk very humbly here because it's not about me. It's not Amen. about me. But Amen. but I'm starting Amen. to taste of his compassion and empathy that he has for people. Right. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's changing in my heart at this in this move of God that we're in. I'm going to stop saying we're waiting for it. This move of God is here. I mean, just the tangible presence that's dwelling. I agree. Um, just the shift in my own heart for people. Right. And, I could, and when Jesus would say, when it was said of Jesus in the gospel, and he had compassion or he was moved, and then he did a miracle or he reached out, he operated from compassion because there was something so deep in Jesus that so hurt for that person that he was moved. Amen. And I, Amen. my prayer is that the church would get moved. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Nobody but him knows what they're going through. And, and if we can just get close enough to him, he'll, he'll let us feel the need that they have in their life. That yeah. We definitely need to pray for them. If we're in a situation where we can't, talk to them or, and encourage them in the Lord. I mean, we can definitely pray. Lord, only you know what they're going through. Please help them. Amen. Lead them to Jesus. If they don't know Jesus, please reveal Jesus to them. Amen. And that's why I was telling you about this guy at work that uh, I heard him when I walked by where they were working. He, he was telling me, he said, I, I felt sorry for those people. And I told him, I saw him in the break room. I said, brother, I said, I don't use that word anymore. I said, I felt I had compassion. Right. So later on in the day, we work a 12-hour shift. A lot of things can happen 12 hours. I walked by again. He was telling some other people. He said, I had compassion on them people. I said in my heart, I said, you got it, brother. You got it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. When you get moved with compassion, you'll, you'll get moved. Yes. And when yes. you just feel sorry for somebody, sometimes it's a little little less uh, caring than, the, than right. compassion. Right. Right. At, at least with compassion, you'll pray for that person. Yes. I mean, we can definitely do that. Nobody can stop us from doing that. So, right. And we have compassion. We'll pray for them at least if we can't do anything else. Yes. Um, and it should drive us. And so I don't. Yes, I yes. mean, and, and all that is a result of dwelling on him more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I've just never. Um, I've just never been so focused on just him. Right. Like, right. there's that song. Amen. We did the song last Sunday morning, and I get I get it. Like, it's not really even a worship song, per se, where you would usually – it's more of a prayer song to me. Right. 
but you know it's called more like Jesus, and it's Amen. basically saying Holy Spirit make me more like Amen. Jesus. Amen. Make me more like Jesus, and Amen. you know, and He's t- telling us basically to be conformed in His image. And if what if that really is the church's pursuit? Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. To absolutely. love more like yeah. Jesus, to respond. Yeah. I teach the kids yeah. all the time in chapels, whether it's the middle school chapel that we're going to go teach here in a little bit, or it's the high school New Testament I get every single day. This yeah. is what I tell them. Every story in the gospel about Jesus gives us a perspective and a characteristic of who he is. Amen. And it's there so that we can strive to be more like that. Absolutely. And let it teach us. Don't read the stories of Jesus as something that's unattainable mm-hmm. and non-relevant. Because at the end of the day, the stories of Jesus are the most relevant, tangible, real thing that can be in our life because we're seeing how he loves. We're seeing how he responds. We're seeing how he's angry but don't sin. We're seeing how he takes He takes um, them being a den of thieves in the in the temple and turns it around and said, this is my father's house. But if you notice, like he's still doing it with such poise and he's doing it with such passion and zeal. And so, so he's shown us you, you are going to get angry, but this is how you're angry and don't sin because he never sinned in his life. Amen. Um, it shows how he dealt with the woman caught in the act of adultery. It shows how he dealt with, um, Jairus's daughter. It showed us how he talked with, dealt with Jairus. He showed us how he dealt with, Peter's mother-in-law, all these over and over, like his grace, his mercy, his healing, his restoration, his the fire in his eye. I don't, I mean, we're seeing, I don't know. I just, I can go on and on about this. It's just, mm-hmm. I want to see who Jesus is. I don't want to see religion. I don't want to see the Baptist doctrine. I don't want to see the Methodist doctrine. I don't want to see what's become known as the non-denominational doctrine. <laughs> I mean, we call ourselves non-denominational. We're become one of the biggest denominations in the world at this point. <laughs> right. You know, we may right. not be t- paying dues to a state com- convention, but non-denomination with itself has become non-denomination. So mm-hmm. it's just we've got to get over this, this, that, this, and just get back to who Jesus was, right. celebrating Jesus, right. living for Jesus, and telling people about Jesus. And if we could do that, then I'm telling you the world will turn upside down. I wonder how Jesus feels when someone asks you about your faith and the first thing that you say is, I'm non-denominational, or I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist. I just wonder how he feels about that, like if that's the first thing that we tell people. Well, I don't know. I, I got I to ask that one time after I was preaching. They said, son, that was a good sermon. This was a long time ago. And they said, what are you? I said, what am I? <laughs> well, I think I, I, I was kind of like in my head. You're like, well, I think I, I know I'm a boy um, <laughs> right. and I'm Aaron. And they said, you know, they I was like, what am I? And they said, yeah, what denomination are you? And I said, and I, it probably come off as a little bit smart alecky, but mm-hmm. I didn't mean for it. I really didn't mean for it. I just said, well, I'm a Christian. Like That's I believe the Bible, answer. like, like, I follow Christ. Like, I just want to be in the Bible, and if the Bible says it, I want to do it. That's a perfect answer, really. So, you know, uh, John 1, 12, to the men who received him, God gave the power to become a son of God. Yeah. I tell them, I'm a son of God. You know, uh, a Christian, they call people that follow Christ Christians, and so that's what I am. I mean, don't put none of them other labels on me. I mean, that's what I am, a child of God. Amen. Amen. Let's normalize that again. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but I was like, it caught me so off guard that I think, right. even though I think it was right. probably the right answer, I was like, I looking back and I probably said, they probably thought I was being a smart because I was caught, I was caught off guard. Like, 
I never had anybody ask me that. I'm right. I'm used to like I'm used to the statements of um well, I never had anybody ask me just like that blunt. Right. Amen. Because it was kind of like you were going to judge my preaching based upon what I told you I was afterwards. Exactly. And exactly. Um, I'm used to the statement. Now I get this all the time. Like this is the most common one is, well, you're pretty young to be a pastor. I even, <laughs> I even got that Wednesday night. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> really? I got it in the sanctuary. I was talking to somebody, and they and somebody came up and you know, well, I've heard you're the pastor. I said, yeah, yes, I, yeah, you know, and I, you know, I'm I always love to. Now I really don't like. I don't go up to somebody and say, "Where do you go to church?" Most time, people say, "Well, I'm the pastor here." I just say, "I go to church here," right. because at the end of the day, I'm just part of the body. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I may have the Amen. title pastor, but I'm no more special than anybody else. So. Right. I serve the body. I'm here part of the body. That's that's what people Amen. need to know. So Amen. unless they know I'm the pastor, I don't bring it up usually. Right. But Amen. this person came up to me. They knew I was the pastor and they said something to the effect of, "Well, you're uh you're you're really young." And I just smiled and said, "Yeah, I am. Thank you." Like I love when people <laughs> call me young. So <laughs> It's like Amen. you see all this gray hair. Amen. 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 I appreciate the comment. Well. Compliment. <laughs> I wonder how young Timothy was. I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I was thinking exactly the same thing about Timothy, son Timothy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. I love it. And that's why I want to empower young people to do everything they can for Absolutely. the glory of God. Absolutely. It's certainly not about age. No. no it's no, about no, what's no. in the heart. Yep. Amen. Amen. Because I know your heart, Brother Gerald. Praise and, the Lord. and I know you'll agree with this statement. There's no junior Holy Ghost for a kid. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's just the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. My daughter spoke in tongues when she was seven years old. So, uh, there, I mean, there's not a little Holy Ghost for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had another pastor. I don't know if they want me to say this because they say the same thing. They don't tell people they're a pastor. I just, I don't know. I had that conviction. Like, I don't ever just walk up and say hey i'm pastor so-and-so i'm just i'm just aaron now if you find out or something like that's great but there's people that'll come to the church and i'll talk to out in public Mm -hmm. and it's like they come here and then they go wait you're the pastor well (laughs) praise the lord well i'm i'm the pester and i'll probably (laughs) pester you a lot but (laughs) amen amen um, praise the lord but you know it's 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 time i know we gotta go break but it's time we absolutely demolish this one hit wonder this superstar this man at the top of the hierarchy there's only one at the top of the hierarchy and that's jesus there's only one head of the church and that's jesus amen there's only one person in charge of the church and that's jesus we're just all just trying to figure out how to say yes and amen (laughs) amen because in what we're in right now i mean me personally i'm walking uncharted territories i don't have a book to navigate what we're walking in right now i don't have a I don't have a person. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to people who's navigated through these kind of heavy moves and right. what God's doing. But at the right. end of the day, like, it feels absolutely terrifying, mm-hmm. but also absolutely exhilarating to not really know the next step. Yes, yes. There's a song called "That's Him," uh-huh. and I've I've talked about it a little bit before. Sister Gretchen used to sing it. Oh, beautiful. She didn't write the song. But her anointing on that song touched me more than the people that that uh, put the song out. And if you could ever get her to sing it, will you call me and tell me she's going to? Because I'm going to come. <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm serious. All right. I'm we'll, serious. We'll see what I'll we can tell do. You what, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And 
the anointing on her life. Man, I'm telling you, it is like Jesus was absolutely right here in front of me. I'm telling you, it was wonderful. Amen. Well, we're going to do our uh, second trivia question of the day. Get your name in for this two-week drawing. And I think that, let's see here. I think it's next week we'll be doing the drawing. Um, so Friday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Surveying. What did the writer ask Philemon to have ready for him? What did the writer ask Philemon to have ready for him? 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Well, it's September 15th, and we're here talking of the glory of God, and we're just excited for all that God has done, is doing, and is about to do. But even more than what he is doing, we are more excited who he is. Amen. We're not just after his hand. We want his heart. We don't want just the healing. We want the healer. We don't want just the gift. We want the giver. Amen. Amen. We want Amen. to see Jesus in all of his beauty, yes, and we yes. would invite you to see Jesus as well with us. If you don't Amen. know him, the Lord is drawing you today. The Lord has made you. The Lord has has uh, orchestrated all these things into place so that you'll turn on this dial today. Hear this word, and I'm going to tell somebody out there, Jesus loves you the more than you could yes. ever imagine. Lord, 2,000 years ago, he died so that you yes, could have life yes, and life yes. more abundantly. That yes. life more abundantly is not life of mansions and cars and all that. That life more abundantly is peace. The peace that you've yes, never experienced yes, yes. is found in Jesus. The mercy oh. that you've been seeking for, yes. you've done a lot. You've been a lot of places, and you think you're too far gone. Let me tell you, you're not out of the reach of a holy father. Amen. He sent his son so that he, you could have life, and you could have life more abundantly. Yes. That joy you haven't felt for years, it can come back. All we must do is surrender our heart to Christ and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord. And The Bible says you shall be saved. Shall be. So I want to invite you today, Surrender your life to Christ. Say, God, I give it all. Jesus, I give it all, and I ask you to come and wash me with your blood. I ask you to make me new. I ask you to restore the joy that I haven't felt for years. And I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit, he will come upon you, and he will empower you, and he will give you joy. I know you face some hard things. I know you've had some difficult times. I know that hurts, and I know that trauma is real. But I'm telling you what, you need to surrender your life to Christ today. And everything will change. You're right on the key there this morning, Aaron. I, I thought this week I hadn't maybe felt the Lord like I wanted to, and I was concerned about it. I prayed about it. I feel him this morning, and I want to tell you, it's the greatest thing in the world to feel God in your heart. There is nothing, nothing, nothing that will compare to that. I don't care what you own, what you have. I'd, I'd trade it all just to feel God in my heart. Amen. Lord, yes. Lord, yes. Yeah. It's like that old song. I'd rather have Jesus yep. than anything. Amen. Oh, I love that song. Hallelujah. I do too. Yep. I do yes. Too. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. No. I'd rather have Jesus than Jordans. I'd rather have Jesus than the oh. new iPhone 15. I'd rather have Jesus more than anything. Amen. Let me Lord, bring yes. that in some relevancy for today because some people think, well, silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus more than anything. Yeah. Right. right. That's my heartbeat. Right. right. Take it right. all as long as I got Jesus. Right. It reminds me of the 
Give Me Jesus song too mm-hmm. in the morning when oh, I rise. Yes, give yes. me Jesus yes, in the evening. Yes. Lord, give me Jesus. Yes, yes. You can have all this world. All this world. But give me Jesus. Give me I Jesus. feel him this morning. I was struggling with it for a few days. I said, Lord, I don't feel you like I want to. I want to feel you in my heart. And I feel him this morning and I tell you and I said before before this, it, it's worth everything to to feel Jesus. I mean it's the greatest thing that man can experience. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. And you know, you're out there this morning. You're out there this morning, and I'm telling you, he he, you are not listening to this by accident. No, no. And if there's anything that we can pray with you guys yes, for this yes, morning, yes. I want you to call the station two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. Somebody here will minister with you, pray with you. Yes. Why? Because we love you. And yes. Jesus loves you. Yes. And uh, he has sent us here today. He has positioned this. And, yes. and I mean, it's you, people saying, well, it's, it's just the same ones. It is not. We're finding this out more and more day. We're hearing right. the testimonies right. of that it's, there's, there's people out there that's getting touched. There's people's yes. lives changing. Yes. Um, we have a testimony of a young man that got, got just recently, within the last few days, got born again listening to Box yes. 2 Radio. I heard about that. And yes. it's just what God's doing is amazing. Yes, yes. And I'm telling you, I'm, I am persuaded there's somebody out here that has come across this dial for a reason this morning. Yes. And I don't do this all the time. So I'm just persuaded that he is here. Right. You are here listening and it's yes. on purpose and it's a divine encounter yes. and surrender your heart, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Yes. I'm telling you, he will radically change your life and the yes. joy that you've been missing mm-hmm. for years about to be restored. Mm-hmm. The peace that you've never even felt is about to be given. Yes. He's yes. a really good God. Yes. And I'm telling I just wanted to share that. I, I just, my heart beat. I, I, I know there's somebody out there this morning that needs to hear that. Yes. Yes. And um, we love you, and we want to be here for you. So call yes. the station, 270-257-2689, or you can text my number. I'm okay with that. I, my number's everywhere, so don't bother me. But you can text me at 270-230-6337 and just say, hey, Aaron, pray for me Amen. or Aaron I just surrendered my heart yes, yes. Mm-hmm. what do I do now well, well we'll get you in the next steps Lord, amen yes. um, 270-230-6337 is my number but if you confess Christ before me and he will confess you before his father yes he will amen, amen. amen. one of my favorite things about watching someone um, especially if it's someone that you know that you've walked with them through life mm-hmm. and you've watched them not be born again and then they um, get drawn by the Holy Spirit and then they um, surrender their heart and they become born again mm-hmm. is their heart softening. Yes. <laughs> it is one of the greatest blessings to be able to watch someone you love or just someone in general. If you just have the opportunity to watch someone's heart be softened and to see the difference in them from them having so many walls built up and a heart of stone where they, their heart Amen. was so hardened towards everything Amen. in the world and they couldn't love, they couldn't, mm-hmm. they were so hurt that they had a hard heart. Right. Jesus right. takes that heart of stone and turns it into yes. a heart of flesh. Yes. And if you have not been able to love because you've been hurt, because you've had trauma, because you've just been done wrong over and over again, mm-hmm. or you've lost people in your life, mm-hmm. you've been abandoned, you've been rejected. Mm-hmm. I don't know your story, but I've seen people who have walked through some hard things and, and the Lord took that heart of stone 
and including myself, he took my heart of stone Amen. and turned it into a heart of flesh yes. where I was able to love again. Right. I was able to, to be tender towards people and, and towards him. And yes. it's just a beautiful thing. Amen. And um, a lot of times a, a good indicator that we're away from God or if we're, we've never been born again yet um, is when we have when we hear the gospel, we have something rises up in us like a defense like we get defensive about yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, sometimes the gospel might offend us a little bit or make us get defensive because mm-hmm. we've built up those walls. But Jesus, he comes to tear down every wall. He te- he comes to get right through to to that part of our heart where he yes. can minister to it and um, make us just tender again, our Amen. heart tender. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I was one of the most bitter, anger, hate-filled people that uh, I, I knew. And matter of fact, uh, just a few years back, it hadn't been that long, that uh, when Brother Ron was still alive, he said, well, Gerald, and, and we run together before we got saved. And he said, Gerald, the reason nobody wanted to mess with you because you were so angry, and I, I was filled with hate. I was filled with hate, and the Lord changed me. Amen. It's hard to believe, you know. <laughs> it's just incredible what the Lord does, and He did it in an instant. When I was born again, when I asked Jesus to come into my heart and life, in an instant, when I got born again, I knew my sins were gone, that God loved me. And if I died, I'd go straight to heaven. And how God does it, I don't know. Jesus explained it in John 3 when he told Nicodemus to be born again. Born again. He said, you don't know where the wind comes from, and you don't know where it goes, but you sure knew that the wind was blowing on you. And that's the way, (coughs) excuse me, when a person gets born again, we don't know where the Spirit of God comes from or where it goes, but one thing for sure, we know it was God that touched Amen. us. Yeah, There's we, no, no doubt it was God. I always say, Acts, uh, now you're clean through the Word. That's what happens when yes. God, yes. Is, He cleans you up, man, and you're clean. Your slate is clean. Your clean. life is clean. Amen. There is no better feeling than that when you feel oh. clean. Oh, it's a good feeling, yes. How clean he's made you. Yes. Because that sin weighs us down. It's heavy. It feels dirty. Yes. You feel just not good. I was trying to find that scripture where it says, uh, 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 Isaiah 118. uh, No, now for we had this treasure in earthen vessels. That the ecstasy of the power of God may be in us. Yeah. It's a treasure. We have this treasure in us. That, that God is in us. I tell you, like I said, there's no better feeling in all the world. You can't buy it. Amen. Amen. Remember that guy that tried to buy one of the disciples? They said, you better repent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was something going on there. Right, right. Well, and the creator of the universe through the... Holy Spirit dwelling in us will be literally living inside of us, inside of us, and walking with us. As soon as we're born again, we don't have to be lost anymore. We don't have to. We have the greatest teacher ever, the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the thing. You know, the Lord, there's times in our life that uh, we walk through dry places. Sure. But that peace, uh, uh, 
just knowing that I'm not going to hell, you know, I, I might not have be filled and joy and all that, but still, I have that peace of knowing that I'm not going to hell. Right. I, I know, you know, that uh, the just shall live by faith, and how how are we going to know if we have faith if we don't have a trial of our faith and believe God to bring us through? And the more He brings us through, the more that we can believe that He will, and and we comforted with that and we don't get uh bent out of shape so to speak whenever some trouble comes mm. and but just that that peace and then after well first peter five ten says after you have suffered for a while he will make you perfect establish and strengthen and settle you and when that comes Man, it's like a new revival all over again in our life, you know. And, yeah. and Brother Greg was talking uh, yesterday. I, I just really enjoyed yesterday listening to y'all. But he said uh, uh, he had uh, felt like, you know, he just went as far as he could go. He just, uh, that he needed to be refilled. He's talking about being refilled. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, oh, within the last month, you know. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I've given all I've got. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have no more. You're gonna have to fill me up. And uh, last Sunday afternoon, two young people, a boy and a girl, their boyfriend and girlfriend, but uh, we met at the center. And I talked to them about Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14 where it says because of drunkenness hell has enlarged itself and uh, before we finished our Bible study Morgan the young girl promised me in tears that she would not drink alcohol or do drugs her mother was on drugs to bed well her mom dead divorced and his dad got another woman and kids and he don't want nothing to do with her and her mother was on drugs so bad that she went to prison for five years and uh, she's living with her older brother and his girlfriend and an older gentleman they call him her grandpa but you know she's basically homeless and uh, she had drank some not she wasn't a drunk but she had drank some and smoked some pot but Sunday in tears, she promised me she would never do it again. And God restored her all. <laughs> you talk about filling me up. I was filled up. She's a sweet young girl. She's had a horrible life. And, uh, but she's letting the Lord really do a work in her heart. And that's that's why they used it. Is there? Amen. You know, um, Brother Lance talked about um, pouring yourself out as a drink offering right. and how the Lord will fill us, the Holy Spirit will fill us back up as we, if we've Amen. poured out everything he's given us, <laughs> poured it out in worship. And that's worship. Oh, I think we, we try to limit worship to just, you know, to music, which music is amazing. And I love music and I'm so thankful we have that gift. But worship is ministering uh-huh. to those kids Amen. that's worship Amen. worship is oh. taking care of your family oh. worship is doing e- anything unto the lord that he has given us to do exactly 
Exactly. That's exactly right. Amen. And doing it unto him. And uh, that's just a beautiful picture of him filling you back up after you poured out yourself Amen. as a drink offering. Amen. And then that that living water that we pour out because Jesus is living inside of us, that is what changes people. Yeah. It changes situations. Yeah. It changes yeah. our community. It brings, fine, like the woman at the well, it brings that living water to people who've been searching yeah. for any anything and everything. Amen. And But when they get that living water, oh, amen. Lord when yes. we get that living water, like oh. Brother Denny was saying, well, there's nothing like it. I was thinking about Jesus when he set that little child on his lap. Man, that was something. Amen. Amen. He said, if anybody do these kids wrong, you're going to be in big trouble. (laughs) Amen. 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 There's there's another scripture for your children. Jesus said said them on his knee. And we do. We need to preach that more because the Lord will not tolerate. Uh, He will bring justice. He's a loving God, but he's a just God. And... um, he will, he will bring judgment one day, and Amen. there will be consequences even now for um, doing harm to children. Yes, I believe, I believe that. It. I, I believe really it too. Do. I really do. Many yeah. consequences. Yeah, and there will also be blessings for those who bless and protect the orphans and the widows. Amen. And serve Amen. them. Yeah, uh, Psalm sixty-eight, verse five. He said he would be a father to the fatherless. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I don't know why I'm so torn. up. The, the present. Welcome to the club, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Amen. Aaron's probably saying amen in there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You get the heart of Jesus. You get humble about it. Yeah. The ones who never, hardly ever cry, cry in the presence of the Lord. It's not about the crying itself, but it's about what's making those tears flow out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mm. The Lord's got a broken heart for the young people in this world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to the funeral home. I mean, not the funeral home, the nursing home. <laughs> Real <laughs> close to the funeral home. <laughs> I, hit, I hit a friend with no legs in the funeral home. It, I, <laughs> Oh my lord! Hey, maybe the Lord's gonna turn it into a funeral, a spiritual funeral home, so they can die to themselves. And he got to go to heaven about a month ago. Oh, awesome! He really did. Uh, Seventy-three years old. We've been friends for about six years now, and uh, but he he really got right with God, and uh, they give him, uh, I guess you would call it a Methodist baptism, but it, it. it was all he could do sitting in a wheelchair and you know uh for a baptism but he had a heart change there was a woman in a nursing home he tried to win her to jesus and uh she rejected it and it Mm -hmm. broke his heart so i knew uh five years ago it wouldn't have bothered him i mean because his heart wasn't right Mm -hmm. but i knew his heart was right and then they called me from the nursing home. I started to say funeral home again. But, uh, from the nursing home uh, about, uh, well, it's real close to four weeks ago now, and told me that uh, Bobby's in bad shape, and they took him to the hospital and didn't know if he would make it or not. And the nurse I was talking to, I told her, I said, well, 
to tell you the truth, I've been praying that the Lord would let him go. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she said, well, to be honest, I have too. And uh, I, I talked to her again after that, and she said, uh, Bobby was about my favorite patient. And then she cheered up and she said, he really was my favorite patient. And, uh, but Bobby on a good day, you know, he, whenever I was, uh, we'd go somewhere, uh, take him for a ride or something. Well, I forgot my shoes. Well, I don't guess it matters since I don't have any legs. You know, I mean, he, he yeah. made light. I mean, he, he was, he was a fun guy to be around when he sent a, in a good mood and uh, but he got to go to heaven and it was, it was really good and I believe that I'm a better person because I got to meet him and I know I, I've shared this I think probably on the radio but the way I met him I was going through a, a battle struggling fighting the devil and uh, I went by the nursing home and across the road there's this guy sitting in a wheelchair with no legs and I know it was the Holy Spirit said, Gerald, that man would love to have your problem. And man, I said, man. So wow. I went down to turn around, come back and introduce myself and told him why I come back and told him I want to thank you for being there, for allowing the Lord to use you to straighten me out. And I told him what the Lord told me. And, you know, I had a pretty good little truck, a little money in my pocket. I could go about anywhere I wanted to go. Well, he loved to have my problems, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's humbling, right there. Yes, yes, and uh, so we become real good friends, and then, but he finally got to go to heaven about a month ago. And I just thank the Lord for it, and his nurse did too. So, it was good. Amen. All right. Well, we have a few more minutes here before we go to break. Does anyone? Yeah. Well, we're actually. Were uh, we at the break? <laughs> we are close to it because we're. Um, you know, on Fridays, my, me and Hannah's going over to chapel now, right. and then Bjork's on from night thirty to nine. So, right. um, I know, I know we. Um, I think Mr. Bjork says, "Good, I can eat breakfast before I go on now." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is just a powerful time in the Lord this morning. It is, and we do want to say, if anybody needs prayer, ministry, anything like that, please don't hesitate to reach out to the station. You can call two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. Or you can text me at 270-230-6337. I'll give an opportunity for the uh, trivia answer to get one more time during this break. I said, what did the writer ask Philemon to have ready for him? What did the writer ask Philemon to have ready for him? We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Okay, we are back uh, once again, mornings with Box 2, and so glad you're tuned in with us, um, closing out this Friday morning. And uh, we, as uh, as is normal, we have our uh, guest with us, our science department guest, and that's Mr. Charles Bjork. Uh, Mr. Bjork, you doing okay? I am indeed. Glad to be with you. All right. Uh, we have a little special treat this morning for you, anyway. We have a couple guys that wanted to say hello to you. So. Uh, oh. Uh, some of our Friday guys that come in, uh, you guys come in every other week, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's see if you recognize these voices, Mr. Bjork. Hey, Brother Bjork, this is Dennis Ramsey. Wanted to say yeah. hi, hi yeah. to you. I've been thinking about you this week, and so we had a chance to say hello. So we want to say hello and ask you how you and your wife are doing. Uh, 
we're doing pretty well. Good. And uh, miss you guys, I gotta tell you. Yeah, we miss <laughs> you too. All right, and we got another one. Yes, sir. Brother Bjork, oh, this, this is Gerald. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we stay. We we used to get to say hi and see your smiling face, but we can't see the smile, but I got a feeling it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's there. But, but one end to the other. Just love to hear your voice, and we miss you. And uh, But I want to thank you for your program, and especially with Brother Jason. week before last, you mm-hmm. all were talking and and back and forth but one thing that you prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're at the time of the end that knowledge is being increased to be able to look out there and see that what y'all were talking about two weeks ago so far that they never seen before i mean it's just you know that is just proof that we're at the end where knowledge is being increased but we won't take up any more of your time we just love you and miss you and just love you too. Love Glad to. to hear from you. Yes, sir. Okay, brother. Have a blessed day. I will. Amen. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. So that that's almost like a reunion of the Friday morning crew yeah. there. It was. Yes, sir. <laughs> like when I was down there. Yeah. Amen. So so you're doing well. And uh, uh, quick question before we get rolling, though: uh, Are you going to have any? Um, ill effects from the hurricane lead that's coming up that direction or is you too far inland or whatever um no we escaped the last one with very mild effects so Mm -hmm. i don't anticipate it's going to be serious but we do know it's coming we got a big warning from the national weather service this morning okay and uh, so you know there's trouble coming for the state and We'll probably take a piece of it here. Yeah, just but, uh, uh, a lot of heavy rain and probably some wind, but nothing serious. Yeah, right. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. All right, well, um, we're going to dive in. and uh, uh Roger's not here this morning, so I'm the only one here in the studio for the next few minutes. So if we have any technical difficulties, you may have to hop a plane and come down here and fix it for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we have uh, we have uh, uh, a very interesting, uh, diverse program this morning, um, and we've got several things going on. We've got some health things that are going to be kind of good. And All right. Weather things that are kind of bad, but uh, uh, the first. <clears throat> and then we have uh, for the, all the, and I, I have to apologize in advance for all the uh, UFO and alien bands. Yeah, but, uh, I don't have real good news for you guys, but I can keep I can keep you from um, believing a falsehood. So we, when we get there, we'll do that. But, uh, <laughs> I think I know which one you're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. So um, well, anyway, we have um, have a great discovery that's going to be good for the health uh, business, and that is they we have de- uh, they have determined, and I'm kind of jumping in on the on the issue uh there's a variant that they have found inside the human body mm-hmm. um and it's got as much as 20 percent of the people so there's a good chance that two uh out of the ten of you guys uh, are in this category and that is you're having a variant that is uh protects you from alzheimer's and parkinson's disease okay they went through an amazingly length uh study to determine that and um and that variant is it's a blessing is i think as the lord is 
giving us a hand here. Right. Uh, so that's a good thing. And um, uh, the, the problem will be is, is get, get folks to respond to it. Right. And, uh, and, and some of you are going to be automatically protected because you've got, you may be one of the two out of ten that have this variant, which is going to help you not get Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. I know that uh, Dennis has struggled with one of those, and um, and uh, yeah. glad to, that, that they've got good things going on for treatment. And so right. it's going to be a step forward for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I guess recognizing the, the gene variant is the first step. Um, so yeah. will they eventually be able to uh, sort of replicate that gene or something of that nature so that they can uh, provide therapy for people or immunotherapy? That's the hope. Yeah, that's the hope. And and, um, and there's going to be some, for, for like I say, two out of ten people, there's going to be sort of an automatic protection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm kind of hoping I'm in that ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, yeah. But it's a great thing. It was a discovery. It was made by a um, uh, Indian uh, scientist. Okay. And um, they have found that the uh, the sort of refurbished the idea of what uh, Alzheimer and Parkinson's disease does to the, the mind, and in understanding this variant that's available. And probably can be a, a way to produce some really good medication uh, to help people who have got to start getting that on the front end. And um, it's uh, Dr. Alakanda Das Gupta is the deliverer of that uh, news, and okay. uh, it's really had some great finding. And she's published now in the uh, the, the a medical journal and. Right. Um, and uh, they think that uh, they could get vaccines to cover uh, Al- <clears throat> Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, and that is really good news. Yeah, it would be great news. Um, yeah, this is slightly off topic, but I've I've seen, you know, a lot of uh, uh, folks from India or or the country of India be brought up in some of these scientific uh, breakthroughs and things like that. They seem to be really, and then of course they've been to the moon here recently. Right, they seem to be really uh, stepping up their program. Is there? Yeah, they have. They're really good. That last launch, the Chandraya three, is just tremendous, uh, producing tremendous results there on the moon, and they are they are getting to be a key contributor to uh, worldwide science right now. And it's uh, to their credit, they are. It's just wonderful to to have them on uh, on the team. They are uh, doing some really great work. Is there any particular and, uh, reason why they seem to have really stepped things up? Or are they just uh, just making a concentrated effort? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, well. Of course, if if you have the capability, mm-hmm. science is a way to make life a lot easier for lots of people, sure. and they have lots of yeah, people. They do have lots of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're they they've done real well, and their stuff that, for example, the system that went up in the Artemis mm-hmm. uh, initially and. And now they got their own really good rocket launcher, and uh, it's uh, it's a good thing. It, they're they're sort of replacing, not in reality, but in in, in effect, the uh, what the Russians used to do to augment uh, our program. Right. Uh, 
and they are, of course, they're very friendly. And um, yeah, it, it was always a little bit odd to be uh, partnering with the Russians about some of these scientific things. <laughs> just right. Seemed, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I guess probably probably in the scientific community, it didn't really matter. But it, for us uh, lay people, it seemed a, it seemed an odd uh, relationship. Yeah. All right. So I didn't. I didn't mean to derail you. I just. I was curious about that. No, no, that's fine. And uh, so they're um, uh, they have done some great work, and they've got their system now on the south pole of the moon, and yeah. mm-hmm. producing great data. And and um, uh, we're hoping to get there. We join them in there uh, not too long from now. And um, so uh, it's good to see them you know, right. get that done. And um, the, the, uh, the little bad news for us was, uh, actually, it's good news because we understand. Is when your understanding is increased, it's always good for you. Sure. You know, it looks bad. But um, we have um, uh, found out, uh, you know, we've, been, we've got a whole bunch of, of uh, landers, and I'm going to talk about some of those uh, as we go through the program, mm-hmm. that uh, these rovers are running around in Mars and picking up samples and putting them in their processing and sending the data back to Earth. And um, they've got some really great things that they've come up with. And um, and we're glad to see that whole loop work. And uh, But we have, we're coming to an understanding of why it is we might not have found any absolute... Uh, uh, verification that there ever was anything, any form of life on Mars. We're not expected to reach any Martians or anything, but right. we kind of thought we might find some Mars germs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've been having a rough time getting those. Uh, they're not, not nearly as prolific as we had hoped, and mm-hmm. the reason may be something that we're doing. Right. It turns out that our processing, uh, we, were, we basically have each one of those rovers is like a, a mobile lab and um and they have a procedure that they go through as, as they're searching for any sign of life and and the procedure <clears throat> may be detrimental to some life that they have found and didn't realize it because they killed it off before they could study it yeah and that seems to be the the situation right now where they uh reviewing the Viking 1 and the Viking 2 landers, which have been there for years, and they have some very elaborate uh, testing that they go through when they pick up those samples from the ground. We also have orbiters uh, in the, that are still active at work, and they're working in conjunction with the uh, landers. And um, so it turns out that uh, the if there were some various types of organic material in the rocks and the stuff that they're picking up, we may end up, our processing may have killed them. Right. And uh, I'm trying, the uh, example is, that I, I picked up is there, um, it's like a, uh, if you're on a ship in the ocean mm-hmm. and and you, you jump in the water and you, you think it's going to help you and then it turns out that it's too much of a good thing. Right. Instead of a few feet of water, you've got a few thousand feet of water, <laughs> and uh, salty water at that, and so it ends up uh, killing the person instead of sure. relieving them. Yeah. And now we're having that same problem in the lab of these mobile labs. They're, they were, it looks like they have killed off a fair amount of uh, evidence of life. Okay. And uh, 
we're still very upbeat about the prospects now that we understand what's going on. And um, we, uh, we have uh, examples we can actually use that we've learned from uh, Earth. You know, some of our rocks and soils, they have uh, various types of salts in them. A percolate is the one, uh, perchloride, uh, perchlorate, you got to say that right. Yeah. Um, and they uh, um, uh, have some of those in those rocks. And then when we add anything other than a microscopic quantity of water, uh, the little life and organism that we find, we may kill it off. Yeah. And we kind of think that's what's going on. They're modifying their procedures now to see if we can reverse that. But it's, uh, it's sad that we've had you know years of data that we didn't think there was any life on Mars, and there might have been some microscopic life on Mars. Well, according to the next story, there has been. Yeah, 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 uh, so. yeah. They, uh, they uh, are, are. I think from this day forward, we're going mm-hmm. to be very much more careful about the way we process that sure. data. Yeah, that's good news. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now the uh, Hubble Space Telescope is still at work. You might remember that something we set up years ago, and then when we had a problem with. Uh, one of our systems, we we were able to fix the Hubble because it was reachable. Okay. And this is something we may not have with the new uh, one with the James Webb Telescope. It is not very reachable, so we just hope we don't have any serious problems. But uh, uh, it's at a location it's purposely designed to be blocked by the moon, so the moon so they don't have to worry about any uh, sunlight bothering their uh, data that they're picking up from deep space. And so they're using the Hubble Space Telescope in the same uh, way, and uh, they Hubble, uh, even though it's done some wonderful things over the years, it has broken its own record here because they have found a uh, a galaxy that's uh, 11 billion years old. Really? People are always talking about when the when the Earth was formed, and so on. From the from the data, it looks like it's 11 billion years old. Now, I got my own mind about that but yeah <laughs> uh, they uh they have found this thing using the hubble and so it's still out there doing some really good work um they've uh, one of the things that's focused in on this 11 billion uh uh years old was the uh uh the, the quasar is part of the uh the quintet, the uh, Stevens Quintet, mm-hmm. and that's a group of five galaxies. You can only see four of them, but there's five of them there. If we pick that. We can pick the the signal from the from the fourth one up. But they are huge galaxies, and they're so far away, right. and we're still picking up data from it. So it's absolutely amazing. And um, they use uh, various techniques to come up where that. Uh, um, fifth or the that uh, fifth member of that quintet is, and um, and then of course we can get data from uh, the space where it's at, so right. we can verify that's there. And so it's a it, scientists that work in that area are really excited about the results. Sure, yeah. And, uh, it it is and, amazing to think that there are other galaxies out there as big or bigger than ours. Yeah. 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 And so just yeah. so much to explore. 
So yeah. much we so much we may never even get to explore, but <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping the Lord will have a, uh, a refresher course when we get to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say we'll maybe. never get to explore. We will eventually when we yeah. uh, when we get to heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll verify all the stuff we thought or correct our thinking one or the yeah. other. So that's a good thing. So but anyway, that was, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about this alien that they found in uh, in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, this was so exciting. And I, when I first heard about that, I said, "Boy, the UFO folks are going to be absolutely delighted with this." <laughs> yeah. And um, and then when I saw what happened, uh, the scientists who aren't such ufologists yeah. are um, really. Uh, were temporarily excited about what the discovery was until they saw what it was. Yeah. And um, this, unfortunately, uh, so I added a title to the thing. It's a thousand-year-old aliens unveiled in Mexico. Beware of the hoax being perpetrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they finally determined that this is something that people did years ago, and they're trying to uh, say that this is uh, alien stuff. And I... I'm sorry for all my uh, UFO friends who yeah. really were getting on this thing, but we don't want them to be misled right uh, from the start now. Well, if you look <clears> at <throat> the picture, he does look a little bit like E.T. Yes, but uh, he does. I'm not sure E.T. is a uh, is a realistic uh, image of uh, what an alien would look like anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> Probably not, but <laughs> so. good for the movies, though. Yeah, yeah. So, and so it's a, and the sad story is, you know, this, this thing was initially being circulated as a, a fantastic discovery for the uh, UFO folks, and then sadly, uh, I feel it's a, it's a um, wrong direction. And, yeah. Uh, well, I actually, I, I, I saw uh, or heard this um, this story on a another uh, podcast, and uh, oh. they were uh, they were talking about the about the individual that. Um, that brought it forth the claim that he actually was part of a uh, another alien hoax a few years back that was that was uh, debunked. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, but he was, you know, he was testifying before the uh, whatever the version of Congress is in Mexico. Yeah. yeah he was testifying I, yeah, was to its authenticity. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a big deal. And, yeah. Uh, of course, it had some prospects for really making them a popular part of the. Uh, um, UFO system, but right now they can serve us by uh, making sure everybody understands that this is not the real thing. Yeah, and uh, and we're about to we're right now in the process of building up a whole bunch of guys that are going to dump out everything we understand and know about UFOs, UAPs as they call them, mm-hmm. uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, and uh, you know there's a lot of the uh, pilots. Uh, are most of them are familiar with um, in what what appears to be interaction with uh, technology from advanced civilizations, and uh, they probably have more experience with uh, taking care of these kind of things than anybody else. Sure. And uh, then, of course, they're about to get a real dump now uh, coming out. They got a study underway. They, both NASA and uh, the Department of Defense are putting together um, uh, a program, and 
uh, is going to give us a, a, dump, a real story on what they know about uh, aliens. And, of course, we've had some, even on this program, we've, we've had some um, observations that have been made. The best picture I ever saw of a flying saucer who came out of uh, one of these uh, these stories and sure. uh, and uh, made me a believer that probably we can get a good picture of some of these spacecraft in in the near term and and uh, they'll be for real instead of a right. mistake. So, and but for actually, now, uh, but for now, this is uh, this is most likely not. A one thousand yeah, year old alien. Yeah, and I and I know that the Mexican government's going to be disappointed in yeah. that, but they certainly don't want to be fostering a a hoax uh, sure. on the world. And, yeah, and uh, and we've got a lot of learning that's come out of that that's going to be helpful to us. Um, right yeah. now, the interesting thing is that NASA has. Uh, through their deep space program, James Webb telescopes and, mm-hmm. and others, uh, they have uh, identified the strongest uh, evidence of alien life is coming from deep space. And that is um, they have gotten a return from an exoplanet. You know, one of the James Webb telescopes okay. missions is to study these exoplanets, these planets that are around other stars. And look for some evidence of, uh, of of civilization, and we found uh, it's not any intelligent sure. civilization right now, but it is a strong evidence of life because this one planet that they've gotten, the K two eighteen b, is a, a planet that's orbiting a star nearby star, and um, and it has gas in the atmosphere. If we picked up uh, molecules of, uh, of gas, of air, and water um, that is suitable for life, and uh, they think that the, by studying that, think eventually they'll get enough data together to be able to say unequivocally that this is a planet that has uh, living organisms on it. But it's a long so way out there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's out of reach for all practical purposes for us, but. Like 120 light years away, which is a long time. Oh my, yeah, yeah. So um, it'll take a minute to get there. Yeah, sure would. And uh, uh, physics class would actually tell you how long that would take. Yeah, (laughs) they could. (laughs) We we went to Alpha Centauri in a physics class, and I had everybody had that. There's three stars out there, and had three students in it. So each one of them had their own star and their own planet. Yeah, and. so that was a, a neat project, but yeah, we'll be, there'll be more of that going on in the future. And, I'm not and, sure uh, I'd want any uh, high school students making the calculations on if I'm making that trip. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we certainly want to get NASA to look over it. Double check everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, before we uh, run out of time, uh, can we can we skip down to this uh, this comet? Because uh, yeah. I had I had a question. Have we missed this one or? Um, it, no, it, uh, can we can we see it this weekend? It's not likely. Oh, okay. um, if you want to go down to Brazil? Oh well, no. Or any South American country, just as the sun sets, you'll be able to see it. Okay. And the problem is this: this thing has come into the, our solar system, and it's headed right for the sun, and it's going to miss the sun by just you know twenty million miles. It's going to be closer than Mercury is when it makes right. a circuit around the sun. 
And when I first saw that, I thought it was from interstellar, uh, from deep space. Okay. And but it may, the uh, con, the consensus now is that it's from the Oort cloud. The Oort cloud is that cloud of objects that's around our solar system, and um, it serves a great purpose in a sense because it shields um, the Earth from the deep space high energy radiation is so detrimental, and um, and so this. Uh, Oort cloud has got all oh, thousands of asteroids and and uh, minor planets and mm-hmm. uh, you know moon sized things and uh, you know every once in a while we get a visit by one of those things and this very very likely was one of those and um, and we've got more more coming quite honestly and okay. uh, they. Um, uh, we last week we we talked a little bit about the various uh, things that we've discovered on Mars. Sure. And um, and there's more of those this morning. I had a whole bunch of those. I won't have time to get to them very much. Um, the uh, they, the the uh, UFO people are real excited because they can see alien in almost all of these things one, yeah. one way or the other. Um, this, for example, the uh, the appearing donut. This is a donut that this is, comes from the uh, uh, Opportunity rover. Um, and it looks it looked at this site and then went back and looked at it a little later, and there was a, a little donut-shaped thing sitting there that it picked up, and it wasn't there prior to his trip, so that was something that happened between the, between the times that he stepped into this area. Hmm. Um, so it's... Uh, uh, they thought some of the experts thought it was an alien fungus that had grown uh, out of the ground. Really? They originally said it's nothing more than a donut-shaped rock. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then so they looked at some of the other things. Uh, some of them are rather interesting. This big hole in the surface. Yeah. Is uh, is a is a really interesting thing because it's almost perfect circle, and uh, so that you can imagine the UFO people really. Excited about this. They thought it would be uh, something that is just hard to believe that it was uh, created by any natural phenomena. But they they came up with the mechanism that that caused this thing, and it's, it's I'm sure it's uh, disappointed though. But that circle, that the hole is got a beautiful circle, and the darn thing is uh, uh, 800 uh, hmm. oh a few hundred meters in size. So you really? figure what that is. It's really remarkable. Yeah. 984 feet across, and then it's got a lot of carbon dioxide around it. It's frozen and uh, always made for some good materials, and also some great phenomena in other places too. Yeah. One of the things they've found out is a whole bunch of of uh, of uh, lava residue. Well, I keep uh, waiting lava. for that uh, picture of their, them finding a Dollar General store up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are out of time. We've got to we got to cut it off here. Um, okay. I hate it. We didn't get to half of our stuff, but we can table it for next week, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it yeah. sure is good to hear from you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to hear yeah. from you again. And um, uh, I know uh, Denny and and uh, Gerald were happy to happy to hear from you as well. So yeah, um, yeah it was great to talk to you. That's great. Yeah, glad they're still working there. Yeah, yeah, they sure are. Plug it along. Okay, well, thanks you, thank you again for uh, calling in, Mr. Bjork, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you next week as well. So, 
You bet. Uh, to all of our listeners, thanks again for uh, for making us part of your morning, and uh, we're so glad that you tune in each and every week. And tune in again on Monday, 7 a.m. Have a great weekend. <laughs>